Thank you for listening to The Actors Room. Please subscribe to the show in iTunes and leave comments and reviews. The show is also on Facebook, Twitter, Google Music, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. The website for the show is theactorsroom.libsyn.com. The site gives you access to all past episodes. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of The Actors Room, and this is going to be episode number 17. And I can't believe it's already 17. It feels like I'm approaching number 20 very soon, and um, it's going to be right in the middle of the holidays, or let's see, it's 17, so that's three weeks away. Yeah, it'll be probably around Thanksgiving before Christmas, and that is a very, it's just a very special time for me and my family. I tried to make a point in making the holidays the best that we can. Uh, we decorate a lot around here. We got uh, uh, a lot of Christmas lights throughout the years. Um, we've owned a home for at least, what, 10, 15 years now. So we've accumulated lights and sculptures and things like that. So we really do go all out in making the holidays kind of special around here. And it also just seems that the kids are just, they're getting to that point. Well, I have a 14-year-old. And I have an eight-year-old. And I have to take in every second, every year. Because it just seems like they're growing up so fast. And before I know it, they're going to be too old to even appreciate just being around the family. You know, as teenagers, they're just not going to really care. And I get it. I was probably the same way. And then, you know, we'll have to wait until they get older and then they'll appreciate it again. But they're going to have their own families. So I am going to do the best I can to enjoy every second of the holidays from here on out, no doubt about it. You know, I've tried in the past, but it just dawned on me just that before I know it, they're going to be all grown up and that, that special feeling of Christmas and especially for my, uh, my little one, you know, she's going to be getting to that age. If she's not already there, I don't know, but I still think she believes in Santa. And when that is over, that, that magic of Christmas Man, it's so special. And hopefully uh, I will be able to enjoy it once again when I have grandchildren. I don't want to think about that right now. That's way down the road, right? Way, way, way down the road. But just to point that out, I'm getting a little bit into the holiday fever, so to speak. Because, you know, you go through the grocery stores or any store and you're seeing Christmas stuff up already. So it is there. It is that time of year. So... You know, happy holidays, everyone. Have, have you? I was, I was at the mall yesterday. Holy shit. It was so crowded. There are people shopping already. I mean, the parking lot was filled with cars. So people are getting into that holiday spirit already. I mean, might as well, right? Get, get a head start. I mean, if you wait too long, you are in deep shit. I used to wait until the day before Christmas Eve to shop because I was a complete moron. But that's what I would do. I would. I hate shopping. I do. I hate shopping. So I would always put it off. And now it's a beautiful thing. I just use Amazon because that's the way to go. They ship it right to you. You don't have to go out. You just go online. And it's the greatest thing ever. So that's what I do now. And it's wonderful. And uh, so there you go. But 
Here we are, episode number 17 of The Actor's Room, and we're going to do something a little different this week. Um, I decided to kind of get away from uh, highlighting one specific artist or film. Uh, I'm getting a little bit, uh, let's say, not tired of it, of course, because I'm going to keep on going doing that. That's the main part of this show. But I've done this for, uh, what this is, episode 17, so that's 16 straight times. So I was just sort of like thinking, I'll do something different this week. Mix it up. Uh, I don't know. I just felt that it was time to do something different. So I did. So this week we are going to go ahead and play certain clips that I felt were fascinating, uh, worthy to listen to, uh, something to take notice and just enjoy. Listening to some artists talk about uh, their acting Uh, what acting means to them, what it has done to shape their life, or just advice to some young actors or anybody that appreciates great film, so on and so forth. So I hope you enjoy this show, like I said, something different, and uh, taking a little break from highlighting an actor. So here we go. Episode number 17, The Actor's Room. Marlon Brando. When an actor takes a little too long as he's walking to the door, you know he's going to stop and turn around and say, Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Jersey Joe Wilcott, terrific fighter. He'd be boxing and be throwing some punches, and BOOM! He'd have his fist in somebody's face. You'd think it was going to come out of the southwest, and there it comes out of the northeast. He would never let you know where he was going to hit you. You! Never let the audience know how it's going to come out. What is your name? Get them on your time. Emiliano Zapata. And when that time comes and everything is right, you just fuck that fly. Oh, judgment, thou art led to brutish beasts! And men have lost their reason! Hit them! Knock them over! With an attitude, with a word, with a look. I don't like cops. Be surprising. Figure out a way to do it that has never been done before. You got to put something down. You got to make some jive. Don't you know what I'm talking about? You want to stop that movement from the popcorn to the mouth. My heaven! Then let slip the dogs of war. Get people to stop chewing. That this foul deed shall smell above the earth. The truth will do that. Damn, 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 damn. When it's right, it's right. You can feel it in your bones. Then you feel whole. Then you feel good. It was pre-60s. People were looking for rebellion, and I happened to be at the right place at the right time for the right state of mind. So in a lot of ways, he revolutionized acting because uh, he, as he describes, you know, we had these kind of preset notions. When you went to the movie theater back then, of course, there were far fewer actors to choose from, and they were studio stars, and they all had a persona, almost like, and he described them like boxes of cereal, like flavors, and he never wanted to do that. He never wanted to be predictable, right? Um, and so, so he, w- but in so doing, he also, I mean, he started with Streetcar Named Desire, right? He started on stage, and that, almost killed him 
because he was so intense. Tell us about that. That's so before he goes to Hollywood to break up the boxes of cereal, mm -hmm. he is he hits Broadway and blows everybody's minds, right? Yeah, that was it. I mean, he wanted to get as far away from possible from the old school where he thought people were sort of, you know, just playing themselves or versions of themselves, or they would be overly theatrical or just histrionic in their in, in their acting style. And 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 uh, just to mention, it's very interesting. When I was doing my research, the one scene which is a, it's a famous scene, but where you see he's opposite Vivian Lee in Streetcar. Mm. And, um, and in that moment, you can just, you know, you don't have to look any further to see the difference between the, the style of acting which Brando was introducing and the, the previous generation. And just, uh, you know, the, there's, um, uh, there's a clip. Um, where he walks towards camera and puts his head on the wall like that? He's, no, it's in fact when, when, when he first meets Blanche. Oh, okay. You know, Joe in Streetcar. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. that one, when you and you see and you, when you see that scene, it was it was incredible. You know, kind of how how loose and lithe and mannerific he was, and just all and you know, just trying to just making things as real as possible, which was the method. Um, but um, Streetcar, when it was in Broadway and as a theatre show, was was I think incredibly destructive as far as um, he was concerned personally because. He gave his all, and he was, uh, you know, he was the artist. He was the perfectionist. Being on stage every night was just too onerous for him. You know, he'd he'd have to really because he'd have to go to that place. I mean, I think about it. You have to go through all of those emotions if you're somebody who's going to commit 100% of yourself to a role. Every single night, he's feeling all that pain. He's he's that angry. He's that vulnerable every single night. You know, and for him, it was he was far too sensitive for it. But what's amazing is it 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 was he came to New York. This man came to New York feeling dumb and inadequate, feeling like he had holes in his socks and holes in his brain, I think, or something. He says something like that. And it was Stella Adler who, in many ways, was the founder of modern-day acting um, and really set the rules and regulations for and, and sort of the process um, that you can't really be a professional actor and escape Stella Adler. She took him in, like, to her home, you know, and uh, and this really, as hard as it was for him, gave him his start and a foundation that is so solid that he's able to then not fall for Hollywood's antics and see it as he says in the kingdom of the blind, the man with one eye is king. He sees that it's money, money, money that all Hollywood cares about, and he he holds that authenticity. He kind of holds that line. Tom Hanks. Being an actor was a thing that was a very solitary pursuit for me because when I was when I started going to the theater by myself, when I learned that the theater around San Francisco and Berkeley um, was this very uh, was a lively and inspiring uh, a hotbed for my imagination, I ended up going alone more often than not, yeah. and I went there. And what I was stuttering was studying somehow the entire gestalt of there are people here who are here for one reason and one reason only, and that is to, pre, to pretend to be other people in, on this stage. And for the next two and a half hours, I will be in their thrall. I thought that was one of the, not only a, a noble pursuit on their part, but also really quite a magical one that didn't exist in, 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 any, other, in any other realm as far as I was concerned. Yeah. Being not a poet or a, 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 a painter, I said, wait, that, that's something that I would like 
if I could be a part of that, I would pick myself the luckiest man in the world. And so you start pursuing it, and I was a stage manager, and I, I hung lights in school, uh, in college, but I was lucky to go to colleges that did a lot of shows, which might not be the case now. Mm -hmm. And before I knew it, I was invited to, uh, to drive across the country and start up a three-year, uh, a, a three-year both apprenticeship and, uh, and a professional relationship with a re rotating repertoire, the uh, company in Cleveland, the Great Lakes Theater Festival. And when I was there, I thought, well, this is it. This is the be-all and end-all. And you do that for a while, and you think, is there any way that I can expand this horizon of mine? Well, I had, I had really great, smart, dear friends who said, if you want to be an actor, which you are, sort of are now, there's only one place for you to be, and that's in New York. And so I went, and luckily by the, by the dent of, uh, of obliviousness and blind luck, stumbled into enough kind of meetings where people said, well, you know, everybody else is okay, but that guy, I don't know, he's funny or loud or looks, you know, he's got big enough hair, so uh, let's bring him in on this other stuff. So uh, there was, what I'm saying is that there was never anything other than a desire to do more of it as yeah. opposed to a single-minded sense of pursuit. Inspirational Words by Denzel Washington. I'm particularly proud and happy about the young filmmakers, actors, singers, writers, producers that are coming up behind my generation. In particular, Barry Jenkins. Young people understand this young man made 10, 15, 20 short films before he got the opportunity to make moonlight. So never give up. Without commitment, you'll never start. But more importantly, without consistency, you'll never finish. It's not easy. If it was easy, there'd be no Kerry Washington. If it was easy, there'd be no Taraji Henson, P. Henson. If it were easy, there'd be no Octavia Spencer. But not only that, if it were easy, there'd be no Viola Davis. If it were easy, there'd be no Michael T. Williamson, no Stephen McKinley Henderson, no Russell Hornsby. If it were easy, there'd be no Denzel Washington. So keep working, keep striving, never give up, fall down seven times, get up eight. Ease is a greater threat to progress than hardship. Ease is a greater threat to progress than hardship. So keep moving, keep growing, keep learning. See you at work. Now here is some acting advice from Brian Cranston. And just to say a little bit about Brian Cranston, one of those uh, actors that really surprised me with his performance in Breaking Bad. And I say that because I was kind of a fan of Malcolm in the Middle. And although I liked that show very much, and I really loved his character in that show, it was such a pleasant surprise to see him grab hold of 
Breaking Bad and that character he played. And although I did not originally like that show, I watched maybe the first two episodes and then said, not for me. And then people just kept telling me, give it another shot. Give it three, four, five episodes. I guarantee you, you will be hooked. And I was, and it is one of my most favorite shows ever. Right beside Lost. So, Brian Cranston talking about acting. Well, the best, the best advice for fellow actors is this. Know what your job is. About 18 years ago, I had this cognition that I realized I was going into auditions trying to get a job. And that simply wasn't what I was doing. It wasn't what I suppo- I'm supposed to be doing. An actor is supposed to create a compelling, interesting character that serves the text. You present it in the environment where your audition happens. And then you walk away. And that's it. Everything else is out of your control. So don't even think of it. Don't focus on that. You're not going there to get a job. You're going there to present what you do. You act. And there it is. And walk away. And there's power in that. And there's confidence in that. And it's also saying, I can only do so much. And then the decision of who might get a job is so out of your control that it really, when you analyze it, it makes no sense to hold on to that. That, to me, was a breakthrough. And once I adapted that philosophy, I never looked back. And I've never been busier in my life than once I grabbed onto that. That's it. Good luck. And here is the marvelous Meryl Streep talking about how she goes about her love for acting and preparing for roles, so on and so forth. Meryl Streep. You've said that when you that in trying to find a character, you look for what comes out of the eyes. I think I meant that in 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 um, connection to working. I don't feel like I exist until I'm with someone. A partner. Else, yeah. How important is listening? It's everything, uh, and it's where you learn everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I always think of acting. I mean, <clears throat> when I was applying to law school and thinking, well, this is a stupid, acting is a stupid way to make a living and it doesn't do anything in the world, but I think it does. I think it does. <clears throat> I think it's, there's a great worth in it. And the worth is in listening to people who maybe don't even exist or who are voices in your past and through you come through the work and you give them to other people. I think that giving voice to characters that have no other voice is Mm -hmm. that's the great worth of what we do because so much of acting is vanity so much of this is, I mean this feels so great to come out here and sit here and have everybody clap but I, but the real thing that makes me feel so good is when I know I've said something for a soul. You know, I've presented a soul. Clint Eastwood talking about Jimmy Stewart. Yeah, well, you know, Jimmy Stewart had this ability, uh, even though he was known as a guy who was very gentle in the guy with the rabbit, imaginary rabbit, and uh, and he would do, and... uh, 
and playing the light uh, Philadelphia story kind of uh, movies, but but he uh, he did have this great touch with his own anger. When he did an anger scene, you felt a you felt a genuine anger kind of uh, you know developing inside of him. And though he wasn't a, a, a big, he was fairly tall, rangy man, but he wasn't a big man. He always managed to reflect that on the s screen. You felt that he could be. He could be capable of, uh, of a tremendous meanness if, if necessary. And I think that's what propelled him along so successfully in all those Anthony Mann westerns um, uh, over the years because he was always the, the reticent protagonist who'd come along and he'd all of a sudden, uh, you know, he was Mr. Nice Guy. And, and then when, when crossed and when wronged, he would uh, step forth. And and, uh, and and really let loose, and I think he he did that almost better than any of his contemporaries of that day, Wayne and Cooper, and uh, some of the other, uh, especially the men who played westerns, but even the the Bogarts. Uh, maybe Cagney would would be very explosive, but he was explosive personality, and you sort of expected that out of him. But uh, Stewart, it was always held back to the last moment, and then, and and maybe that was that holding back to the last moment that made it so effective, but it. Uh, it, I, I think he just managed to be able to draw on himself when, it, when necessary. This is Christian Bale talking about auditioning. Being on the movie set, knowing that everybody around you is very committed to the movie that you're making, um, having the correct clothes on, um, being able to completely immerse yourself in the part is so much easier than having to do an audition. Because firstly, I'm going along and I'm still Christian, you know? I've just stepped out of my car, I'm here for an appointment, am I here at the right time? I'm sitting in a corridor, I'm looking across at the other actors, I know that I'm competing with them. That's just a bad feeling, you know? If you're ever feeling like you have to compete with someone else instead of just with yourself, I always give a lousy performance. I don't think I've ever given a single good performance in an audition. Now, this one is Tom Cruise talking about the ability to let go uh, in order to uh, get in tune with the character and the process of filming. Uh, and I found this one to be very interesting, and I think this was on the uh, actor studio with James Lipton. Although I've never really had formal training. You know, I've had this ability... Uh, to, and the, well, I guess not ability. I mean, it was luck to be able to work with the people that I've worked with, the, and just the ability to look at and find what, what works for me. I do a tremendous amount of research before every picture. It doesn't matter. I'm, I'm, I work very, very hard uh, to get to the point where you just let go. And, uh, and it just happens, and, and all the mechanics uh, of, you know, just fade away. We do that because that's our writing. It's not about the lines. It's, it's what goes underneath. It's, you know, we're writing the subtext. Uh, that's our jobs. I'm doing this film now with Michael Mann, and my character talks about jazz, and when I read the, this line, I said, I mean, this is acting. It's, you know, that it's, it's behind the notes. It's what's unexpected. It's, it's improvising. You know, here, as actors, we have this structure. You have the lines, the scene, the story. But ultimately, it's what do I want? I, I want to fly with the character, and what story do I want to tell with this? And it's, it's us writing that subtext and creating that. So, you know, when you talk about Rain Man or you talk about moments like that, 
we just look for those moments. They just happen. We, you can't plan. It's because sometimes you, you, know, you try to plan things like that, and it's, it just doesn't happen. And you start forcing moments as opposed to just living, because it's about being the character. It's about creating that character and being there and finding it. It's just happening on those moments. I mean, when I'm doing a scene, I'm not thinking about anything else. I'm, I'm, I've done all my work, and I'm there at that point, allowing myself to be affected by the people, by the environment that, that, that we've created. It's really finding that freedom within the structure of the scene so that you can have moments like that where Dustin Hoffman leans across. You're just, you're just connected. I mean, we, that happened, you know, that's the movie. Those are the moments that we all, me as an audience, that, that, that are f fresh and moving to me. Here is Robert De Niro with some rare insight and also some acting advice. Yeah, you just and it's simpler than you think, and you don't, and it's very hard for actors. And I get caught up in that myself, where you have to do more, do something, and you don't have to do anything, nothing, and you're better off, and you and it'll 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 work the way people are in life. Mm -hmm. They don't do anything. Uh, they could. You know, I'm talking to you and I'm looking at your expression and you could have been told that somebody in your family was this or that, some terrible thing. You're still going to have the same look on your face and that says more allows the audience to read into it as opposed to you telling them what they should feel. And actors tend at times to try and say so they have to give it something and they don't have to give it anything. So with David, if we're just working and working and doing all these things, you don't have time to think about, well, this or that, or how do I spin it or interpret it? You just have to do it, and it'll take care of itself. Next up is Alan Rickman, who we lost recently, and it still hurts. Um, what a voice uh, Alan Rickman has. And uh, here's a, a little insight on something he had to say uh, in relation to young actors approaching him about acting. Whenever young actors now say to me, what advice do you give me? Uh, you know, I'm thinking about training, I want to be an actor, whatever. I say, forget about acting. Um, and I really mean it at, at that point in time, because whatever you do as an actor is, is cumulative. It's mm -hmm. about, so I say, go to art galleries, listen to music, know what's happening on the news in the world, and... Uh, form opinions, develop your taste and judgment so that when mm. a quality piece of writing is put in front of you, your imagination, which you've nurtured, has something to bounce off of. Yeah, and your uniqueness. Yeah, and then you have to start learning about courage, I think. Courage? Um, yeah, because you have to be courageous with yourself on stage, I think, emotionally. Uh, I was talking about this this morning, actually, about because I watched uh, a while ago, jumping about here, but I watched one of those TED Talks with Jill Bolte-Taylor. Yeah. Talking yeah. about having... She's uh, been here. Right. When she had a stroke. Right. And she's there on her TED Talk, holding up a brain and showing the two halves of the brain and saying, here's the analytical side and here's the imaginative side. And it made me think that, actually, one thing that actors and dancers, singers and musicians do is to actually use both sides of their brain at the same time. 
because you have to hand yourself over completely to whatever are the emotional demands of a part. But certainly on, well, and in front of a film, film camera, but certainly on stage, uh, you, there's this kind of Geiger counter, this laser or something that is at, at exactly the same time assessing what's yeah. happening out there and what's happening there yeah. to the person you're talking to. And did this word land or now that one didn't land, now I'm going to have to pick up that word. But yeah. at the same time, the bit of you that doesn't know it's lying because of course you're, we're divided from the neck up. Yeah. It's just a load of lies. But the rest of you has no idea that it's lying. So uh, that's, that's the punishing part of acting is yeah. taking the rest of your body into this strange place that it finds it hard to recover from. El Pacino on the basics. Here is Philip Seymour Hoffman talking about acting uh, and some character roles uh, and what they mean to him. And uh, boy, do I miss this guy. Um, truly a very uh, wide-ranged actor who had a lot to offer. Um, and losing someone like Philip Seymour Hoffman, uh, it hurt us because I don't think we appreciated him the way that we should have when he was here, I think. Maybe. Two thoughts. First is these are you make these characters interesting and mm -hmm. they come alive. That's talent. Secondly, you made a lot of movies. <laughs> <laughs> I was just saying, I was just looking at that. I was like, I'm getting tired. <laughs> just at seeing it. what you've yeah, done. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I, I have to say, I think it has to do is that I'm fortunate. I'm fortunate because I've been offered and uh, given the opportunity to work on some great projects yeah. uh, with great people. And uh, I'm at a, uh, I think any time in someone's life, but I'm definitely at a time in my life, and I have been at a time in my life where I, I've been available and could afford the time to do these yeah. things and give my whole heart to them. So that's really why, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely not because I need to be doing a movie every other week, but it's because I've had the opportunity to work with these people and so I've jumped at it yeah yeah I was just saying that's, that, that's what you do that is exactly it's, it's what I do but it's also I was just saying you know I think like well maybe I won't make a movie for about a year I think like that's nothing yeah. maybe I'll take a year I'll do a play da, da, da. and but then I go don't say that to anybody because you know because something like that could happen yeah. but you know yeah. yeah I want to talk about this movie too but the notion of a character actor right do you do you say I'm a character actor I'm proudly so or do you say, I don't know what that means because I'm an actor and right. I'll take a big role, a leading role, a small role, I'll just take a role. Right. I, I, I think that, you know, I never, I never saw it as, a, and 
I hope it's so when you talk about this, you hope you don't sound pretentious. But yeah. the fact is that I never saw it as labeled as anything. Right. I just came into it because I wanted to act in the theater, and so I ended up in a college, and I was studying it with some teachers, and I was kind of forming making up what I would uh, use to create what I wanted to do and with these teachers and and that's what I did and what I learned was that these people that I was gonna play were not me and that that's the first the thing I had to look at was how were they similar to me and how were they different from me and I had to cover those bases so I could understand what makes them different and what makes them similar and therefore I could create this person that's not living my life, it's living someone else's life. And so that's just how I've approached it. And I guess that maybe people call that character acting, but that's just how I approach acting, period. Just acting. Yeah. The most talented working actor today, Daniel Day-Lewis. The trouble with even trying to answer a question like that, I find is that, is that everything that comes out of my mouth seems to be like a reductive um, uh, expression of something that I mean I still haven't found a way of really understanding myself what happened in the last couple of years I'm just amazed by the whole thing um, and already it's beginning to take on that that strangeness which uh, is not uncommon to me where you feel really that somebody else did that um, but um, I talked to Stephen a good bit before we started <laughs> um, making the film, so it's not like I, you know, he discovered me ready-made uh, as Abraham Lincoln. Um, but I think that 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 whole thing, which is, tends to be spoken about on my behalf, because I try not to talk about it too much, but that whole thing it, uh, takes on a. a um, a, a mystique which is not really representative to me of the work itself because it seems so clear to me that if I and most of my colleagues really do the same thing in different ways maybe but we we go to these great lengths to try and create a world for ourselves and within that world we try and create an understanding of the lives that we're expressing in that world and for me that's where the pleasure of the work is so what would seem crazier to me is to jump in and out of that world or in and out of the experience of that character because that's really where I want to be. Um, I guess finally there is some kind of mystery because it either works or it doesn't work and you've no idea what makes the difference but, but, um, but it's just the joy of that work really. And we will wrap it up with the uh, talented... Um, while a loss for words, no, uh, nothing wrong went happened with your phone just now or your device. Uh, hard for me to come and put words together for everything I feel about Robin Williams and dedicating an episode to Robin Williams will happen. Oh, it will. Um, and I can't wait to do it because looking into his mind and his talent who I believe, beyond all my beliefs, is that there are many artists that I look up to. Like Marlon Brando is my favorite, of course. Robert De Niro, um, Daniel Day-Lewis, uh, Jack Lemmon, uh, guys like that. They are artists that, and actors that I have watched and have loved and respected 
my entire lifetime in appreciating art. But there probably isn't an actor or artist or performer out there that has grabbed me and made me go unbelievable what this guy can do or could do. I still, it amazes me, his range. And like I said, I'm going to really talk about him in his own episode. And I'm looking forward to doing it. I'm also sort of uh, afraid because there's so much to uh, dive into. Uh, It's going to be a little overwhelming, I think. But it's going to be a lot of fun to do that and to talk about him. So I'm looking forward to doing that. So I will wrap this all up with uh, something from Robin Williams. I mean, which industry? I started off initially studying acting at Juilliard, and then I came home from school and couldn't, I mean, left Juilliard to go home to San Francisco. I couldn't find acting work, so I started doing stand-up comedy. And then the stand-up comedy eventually led me back into acting. So I think it was kind of a backdoor thing. And then I got an audition initially for, if you're talking about getting into film and TV, I had an audition uh, for a, a kind of a spin-off on Happy Days because Gary Marshall's kid had seen Star Wars and wanted an alien on Star Wars. And Gary was like, I don't know. I don't know if you can have an alien on Star Wars. And so I ended up writing this one-off character, Mork, to be on Happy Days, and I auditioned and got the part, and that was cool, it did well. And then eventually, there was some commitment that Paramount had to ABC where they had to put a series on, so immediately went, they threw together Mork, and they found Pam, who had done a series, and they made Mork and Mindy, which was this big break for me, but that was really kind of a, a lucky coincidence. Um, the Discovery Channel, <laughs> always, I always, just the fact that it talks about every, I mean, animal behavior, I'm watching monkeys most of the day. For me, that's always been my favorite thing to watch on TV. It's always the science channels, big time. <laughs> my favorite thing, there was a thing on the Discovery Channel once. There was this one bird, beautiful male bird. He had this whole thing. He had plumage like this. He's doing this dance like, check it out. Love me, check me out, love me. And the female just went, no. <laughs> and you could see the male penguin go, bitch. This bird just was like, oh, bitch, i got to start over now. But that's why I love watching it. Real, real animals, real behavior. Call now. Just keep going. Find that thing you love because it's tough work. Uh, And my father gave me this advice when I said I wanted to be an actor. He said, have a backup profession like welding. But I think if you can find that thing that really gives you joy, that'll be it. Because for me, it's always been comedy and stand-up and and acting, too, because of exploring behavior. But it's tough work. And if you can get it, even better. Good luck. Robin Williams. Robin Williams. Hope you enjoyed this different kind of episode of the Actors Room this week. Wanted to go ahead and do something different, like I mentioned before. And um, please do not forget to leave comments and reviews on iTunes. I am still not getting anything. I'm approaching about 500 downloads, which isn't a lot. But for this young show, I guess it's okay. But yet, 
I have not received that many comments and reviews in anything, uh, questions. Uh, uh, I I just got like practically my very first request was from a buddy of mine, and he did it through text message, which is great, Tony. Thank you. And I'm going to go ahead and do that actor that you said. I'm not going to reveal it, and I'm not going to say when I'm going to do him, but I will. Uh, but I'm encouraging. All of you out there, if you have any request, an actor that you want me to do, an actress, uh, I will even dive into musicians, um, something like that. Any kind of entertainer, I think, is fine. So you can throw out any entertainer, and I will go ahead and do homework and research on them, and hopefully you can learn something more about your favorite artist. And um, I mean, that's what this show is all about. I want people to get involved. I want people to ask questions. I want people to say, hey, your show, it's okay. Uh, I would do this or that just to make it a little bit more interesting and to go ahead and and change it. Um, maybe there's people out there who kind of like the show but feel that the format is just off and it needs to be done differently in some way to make it more interesting, uh, taking a leap and doing something else with the show. To make it better, uh, I need advice like that. So if you're interested in doing that, please do it. Uh, I'm even open for people saying, you know, just stop doing it. You're making a fool out of yourself. I don't come with something like that. Or, you know, make make me feel that I'm doing fine uh, and to sort of keep going in the same direction. But to tighten it up in a certain area or something like that. Um, so like I said, I, I have a website. I actually have two websites right now. Uh, there was one I started, uh, at, uh, WordPress and I really like that, um, website because there, I can put pictures in there and, uh, more pictures and things like that, that I can't do on my Lipson website. Although Lipson is more, I don't know, a little more professional maybe, uh, and it does better for my show. In some ways, I still like the WordPress website as well. So I am keeping up with both of those sites. So you can find me and you can always go on to Facebook, put in the actor's room and I have a Facebook page and I have pictures on there too. You can make comments there and there's links there to my website, uh, my Twitter account. And I have a Twitter account, the actor's room where you can go and I have pictures on there as well. And I'm constantly trying to put my uh, show out there, I will go ahead and put like, you know, learn more about River Phoenix and I'll show a picture of him and I send that out in the tweeting world and I hashtag like 10 different categories and it goes out with those hashtags. And because it's so oversaturated, I'd like to say that I go ahead and I will send it out and I will go to that hashtag and it's already like six or seven articles down already. Because it's so oversaturated. There's so much information coming in at Twitter that I'm finding it difficult to keep up with it. Uh, but I do the best I can with it. And I'm hoping the show will grow and uh, it become a little bit more popular. Uh, I noticed that about a week ago when I released my River Phoenix episode, I had a record of 50 downloads that day. Which is pretty good for one day for a young show. And I'm thinking maybe it's finally... Uh, kind of, you know, taking that next step. And then it really has gone downhill since then, unfortunately. You know, I went down to like, I think there was like three people that listened yesterday. And you just can't, I, I just can't continue on with this show 
if three people are going to listen to it every day. I just can't do it. I, there's just there's no way. So I'm hoping and praying. I don't know what else to do. I'm guessing just to kind of, you know, get through it. Um, so I'm just going to keep going and uh, hope for the best. So all of you out there, I hope you had a great weekend this past weekend. Uh, this weather has been kind of really rainy here in Cleveland, although the temperature has been pretty nice. We were in like the 60s today. I think there was a tornado warning today. So that's how crazy it is out here. Tornadoes in November is very unlikely in these here parts. And uh, I hope that uh, you have a great evening. Enjoy your day. Sit back. Relax. Put your feet up. Put in that movie tonight. One that makes you feel good. One that makes you laugh. Or one that makes you cry. Either one is good for you. Right? Because you're feeling something. You're getting it out there. We are still watching This Is Us. That miniseries. It's not a miniseries, but a show. I love it. I can't get enough of it. We watch at least two, three episodes a night. Almost done with the second season. And they're really making a point to stretch out how the father passed away. And I don't know if that's revealed yet. We haven't gotten there yet. Uh, And we have our theories. So we are hooked on that show. So that's what we've been watching. I've been kind of putting movies on hold. Although... I really have an itch to watch Shutter Island with DiCaprio. I haven't watched it in a couple of years. And it's one of those movies that has a twist. And I actually forgot what the twist does. So it's almost like watching it again. So I will probably watch that soon. Uh, So in the meantime, This Is Us is our main focus. Oh, and Stranger Things. We still haven't gotten all the way through the second season of that either. So, But we've been watching This Is Us so much, we've forgotten about Stranger Things, which is unbelievable when you think about it because big fan of stranger things okay thank you for listening to this special edition of the actors room and once again thank you for listening episode number 17 god bless you have a good one